This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... We've got a really cool show for you today. I hope that you'll stay with us for the entire hour. It is Wednesday at 4 o'clock, which means it's drive time in Seattle, and everybody's driving. Eric, first of all, how is driving today? Well, you know, I guess it depends on whereabouts you are. (laughs) Some areas it's rough. Some areas it's just fine. But, uh, yeah. So nothing, no major blockers that that people need to be aware of to make sure? No, I mean, it's it's our typical afternoon in Seattle. So, uh, you know, we, we can't complain too much because we got a, another beautiful day here. Uh, lots of sunshine, so which is a, a nice change of pace because I remember talking to you on Monday and it looked like it was just going to be cloudy and rainy all week. So, uh, you know, we got a little bit of a change in the weather, which is all right. Well, we we got our rain yesterday and the day before, I think. So move food through pretty fast, I hope. For sure. Yeah. And so in any event, I want to make sure that everybody knows that this Friday at three o'clock, we make our premiere episode entrance onto KIXI 880 AM, uh, which is another Hubbard radio station, which we are very pleased to be part of. And thank you, Eric, for helping me put that together. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, Kixie is one of our sister stations here. And so we're happy to have you aboard there as well. So now we, you can listen to Positive Talk Radio Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Friday. Friday at noon. Dose. The, yeah, exactly. Friday. And, and there'll be different shows, I promise you, mostly. Um, so there'll be a, one show on, at noon, and then the other show will be at Kixie 880 at 3 o'clock. Guess what, Eric? Uh, you got me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to introduce. I want to introduce a new uh, um, regular on the show. His name is Mitch Parfit, and he is going to be with us uh, whenever he can break from his busy schedule to get out of uh, whatever else he's doing to be here on the on the radio show. So we're so we're real excited about having him with us. And Mitch, how are you today, young man? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Wonderful. We're on. This is Positive Talk Radio. Are you kidding? We're always great. Yeah, you got to keep it great. You got to keep it positive. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And uh, so welcome. And, you know, over the last 20 years, Eric, I know I've had uh, different people on the show from time to time. And and some of them have uh, been regulars and some of them have come and all of them have gone. And I'm hoping. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> life, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. It, it just makes, you know, everybody has their own things that they're doing and of stuff. Course. Well. Mitch is going to join us, and I'm hoping that it can be a very long and prosperous relationship for everybody. Wonderful. You might have issues getting rid of me. I think that's the only issue you might have. Well, I, I, I tell you what, what I'm looking for, because, you see, I'm a little older, and so you're liable to say things that I have no earthly idea what you say. <laughs> because you're a little younger than me, and so we will be um, crossing the... Uh, barriers of of time to the different uh different generations so 
I'm, I'm real excited to, to have you with, because I learned a brand new f- phrase last last Wednesday, which is called catfish. I had no idea what that meant until you explained it to me. And it sounds like a really, <laughs> either it's a great show or a lot of waste of a lot of uh, time. Yeah, it typically doesn't go very well for a lot of people on the show. <laughs> but it's interesting to watch. I, I I can only imagine. I can only imagine. So now, have you had a chance to review uh, a Randy Lee's material at all? Um, I have read a little bit through it um, today. I'm I'm very impressed with the just the vast majority of things that she's accomplished that she's involved in. So she's it's going to be very interesting um, guest. I think I'm I'm really excited to talk to her. And she is, she's a delightful lady. She's been on the show before. As a matter of fact, if you want to go to positivetalkradio.net, she is on episode 420, 371, and 329. I can't seem to get enough for the young lady because I love her story. I love who she is. And uh, it hasn't always been easy. And uh, she's, she's an author. She is, um, I don't know that I can ever, I've ever said this before on the air. But she's an author and a champion kickboxer all at the same time. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. <laughs> I'm wondering how the how the two come together. Well, let's find out. We can ask her together right now. Randy Lee, how are you? I'm good. How are you? We're just awesome. Thank you. Thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me back again and again and again. <laughs> uh, it's only because you're you're worth the time effort and trouble to bring you here because your stories are really um you've got three books out and they really are remarkable as well as your kickboxing boxing career um tell us a little bit about how that happened so when my kid so my kid is now 16 when he was five we put him in jiu-jitsu Well, the jiu-jitsu class was going on um, on the main mat. On the side area, there was this cardio kickboxing class going on. And there was these two ladies in the class. And I said to my husband, I said, they have really nice butts. I want to have a really nice butt. (laughs) So so I joined the cardio kickboxing class. um, Learned that you actually had to run in order to get that nice butt. Um, Didn't come from kickboxing. But that's okay. (laughs) uh, But I ended up really liking it. So then I started doing the regular classes. And hitting people was fun so and and i'm sure your husband thought that uh, you having a really nice butt was a really good idea yeah my husband very rarely says no to me (laughs) he's a smart man well it sounds like you might you might beat him up if he said anything different right maybe (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) and and um you got a couple of kids and you are an author And uh, all three books that you've written are about you. One is the first one when you were a teenager. The second one when and when which is really a a book of poetry that you wrote when you were a teenager. Yes. And how difficult your teenage years for were for you. And then the second book, which is called A Mother's Truth. And that one has received rave reviews because it's all about your son and his bout with, um, and I had to look it up because I didn't know what it meant. Um, um, Mitch, do you know what neurodiversity means? Uh, no, I don't. 
Ready? We're going to teach you something. (laughs) So um, the easiest way to explain neurodiversity is your brain thinks differently. So there's a lot of different kinds of diagnosis that can fit under that umbrella. Um, Autism, ADHD, learning disabilities, basically anything where your brain is wired a little bit differently. That's the easy explanation. How many people do you think in our country have some form of neurodiversity? Oh, probably almost everybody. (laughs) That would be my guess. Because honestly, I feel like, and I'm not a doctor, everybody, um, just, just personal experience. But I feel like everybody is a little different, right? So it's a matter of, you might not fit under the umbrella of the diagnosed term, but I think everybody is, you know, they're unique. I've been called that many times. <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> well, it depends on in reference to what. Well, I think it's a good thing. And uh, and your son has, uh, um, he is neurodiverse, as it were. Yes. So he has autism, um, as well as learning disabilities, anxiety, depression. Which is what you had when you were a teenager yourself. Yes. Yeah. Depression was like my bestest friend as a teenager, you know, like a frenemy. Now, do you think that because when you were a teenager, there was less known about any of this stuff that there was no one to help you or know where to get help um, and nobody even thought about it? They just thought, oh, she's sad today. Oh, 100 percent. So, I mean, this is going back 20 uh, years. Um, and you know, in, in the, in the nineties, early two thousands, you didn't talk about it. It just, it wasn't a thing. Um, and like, I remember TV shows, if a TV show had an episode about it, it was like a really big deal. Like they were breaking barriers. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't common knowledge. Um, I don't even remember like in health class ever talking about mental health at all. It was only ever physical health, um, which I mean is important, but they kind of glossed over a large part of being a teenager. And uh, so without knowing what it was, like I didn't realize that I was depressed until I was an adult and I can look back and go, oh, that's what it was called. (laughs) Now, it was definitely you... something that was missed for sure. I I can relate to what you're talking about. I don't remember it ever being any sort of topic or anything really discussed in school or to where, you know, it correlated to anything that you would understand, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah. And then you go back to my day and they couldn't even, they didn't, there were, I don't even think the word neurodiversity existed back then. Maybe not. <laughs> So it's, you know, I first of all, I applaud your courage to write to write these books and and to talk about. And in uh, A Mother's Truth, you talk a lot about the day to day living with somebody that is has a different emotional structure than the norm. Um, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So that book, it chronicles right from when I was pregnant up until I think grade six. I'm taking notes for the teenage years right now. We're still living them. Um, but uh, <laughs> because it, it goes through all of that, it, it goes through the time when I didn't know what the heck was going on. I He wasn't diagnosed until he was eight. 
Um, so and me and my husband knew right from a very young age, we're like, something's different, but nobody wanted to believe us. Um, and so it was really hard going to the doctors and say, you know, th these behaviors are not normal. Oh, that's fine. No, it's really not. Um, and so the struggle in school was, um, the school didn't know what to do with them. And in, so I'm in Canada, everybody. Um, so here, I don't know, you know, how it is there, um, from who people I've talked to, it's pretty similar, but if you don't have a doctor diagnosing the kid, the school pretty much says, oh, I don't know what to do. I'll just suspend them. I was like, okay, well, that doesn't help them at all. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a lot of learning. Um, so my stepdaughter is three years older and she's neurotypical. Um, on paper. <laughs> and so, you know, well, she's a taking, teenager. That's well, she, she is now 19, <laughs> actually. She's an adult now. Um, and so, but taking her to school and dropping her off, you know, there was no worry. I like, she'd go to school. She knew where she needed to be at what time. Um, and then with my son, it was like, okay, where's the teacher to make sure that they have their eyes on you? Because when I walk away, I don't want you to walk away. <laughs> And you li lived your whole life that way. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. People, people used to say to me as he got older and he finally had his diagnosis and stuff, I was um, at work and I, I worked in an office in social services and other, other staff members be like, I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, I don't know how I wouldn't do it. Because that's, it's just my life. Like, I don't, I honestly don't know how I would parent a different way because I don't have a different kid. This is who I have. That, yeah, that, that would be hard. That would be hard. Now, now, Mitch, when you were growing up and did any of this come to light for you? When, when did you discover even the word autism? Um, I mean, growing up when I was when I was younger, when I was early teens, I a good friend of mine had a brother that was autistic. And it was definitely something that was I know that there can be different. I believe anyway, there can be different levels yeah. um, on, on in regards to that. And so, I, you know, and that was probably where I first heard or learned about anything in regards to it. And, and I loved his brother. It was, it would obviously was definitely, it was different with communication with just a number of things, how he responded and stuff like that. But yeah, that would, that'd be probably the first time I ever, you know, it came to be it was probably, I was maybe 14, 15 years old. Um, when I first learned about it, I'd never, never heard or knew anything about it until then. Why is mental irregularities so frowned upon looked down upon, um, made to feel like you're less than, um, because, you know, in our country, I don't know how it is in Canada because you guys won't let me in. <laughs> I'll let you in. You can come. It's fine. Oh, that would be swell, but they won't. The government, they, they don't want us poor Americans going up there to pollute the land and the people and stuff. Cause... <sighs> yeah, well, there's some <laughs> of us that want to come see you, so... <laughs> <laughs> but but they uh, um, but when I was when I was growing up, they like to throw pills at problems mm -hmm. like that. Did they attempt to throw pills? I'm not. Is it, what is it called? Adderall or or yeah? There's other? there's a bunch of different ones. Um, yeah. So actually, there, there was a couple of things that you said there. So first, I want to go back to when you started that, and you were saying um, something about you know why do you think people with 
the yes. right and apparently so, i have add i can't keep a straight thought for longer than a minute so go ahead it's all good because as soon as you said that um it popped in my head i'm like the boxes society puts us in that is why if we do not fit into these neat little boxes that society has deemed appropriate then they don't want to talk about it they don't want to talk about you they do like you were then saying they do want to just put you on some pills and hope the problem goes away and fixes itself it never does though does it no because we're not a problem <laughs> my kid is not a problem every other child every other adult who is neurodiverse we're not a problem and so i think it's such a narrow view that society has always held um and the more we talk about it the better it's getting but society has always held this very narrow view like me and my husband jokes sometimes that you know if this was 50 years ago they would have just taken our kid and put him in an institution. Bye. Yep. Right. Randy, I like to, I like to chime in too and say, so I dealt with um, a similar experience so with my son. So I have a, just in a, almost a 15 year old that's um, in another week. And that was, yeah, it, everything you're describing is something I experienced when he was in elementary school. Um, you know, he had issues, you know, with, you know, they classified as ADD or ADHD. And, you know, we weren't, his mom and I didn't want to go and just jump straight into just giving him pills. And I remember like when you said earlier, it was like, oh, they just suspend them. And that's exactly what happened with my son. It was like, oh no, he's a problem. He's this. And then it was, well, they basically gave us an ultimatum, which in my, I was very frustrated with, it was like, either you get him on medication and give him these pills or he can't go to the school anymore. And his mom and I were very much about trying to do an, a natural approach. Um, you know, essential oils, there's a lot of other things that you can do, but the natural approach does take a little bit of time. Um, it's not something that you just give him a pill and it's, you know, voila, it's fixed. And, you know, when you give a young kid the, you know, these type of pills there's a lot of concerns a lot of things that can go bad you know they're warning us about his appetite and all this stuff and it was something that we didn't want to do and so we battled with the school for a while about it and i mean he i can't remember exactly i mean we, we kind of we did it well i will say we did do it for a little bit because we were kind of given this ultimatum um but as quick as we could we stopped and he hasn't been it's been you know, eight plus years since, you know, that's anything that he's ever taken. And he's kind of learned and we've done work with him and it's kind of, you know, we've adapted to it, but it was a very frustrating time for myself as a parent. Um, so when I heard you talking about these things, it really kind of hit home for me anyway, in regards to the experience that I had with, with my son and growing up and, you know, the communication that was relayed back to me from the school and that it, you know, put, putting them in this, you know, not normal category. So it can be very frustrating. So it's really, it's, I really appreciate your insight and some of the things you've spoken to already. I, I completely agree. So it really does sound like our school systems are very similar. Um, I talk about this in the book and it will be more in the next book once we finish living through it. Um, the school really gave us a lot of ultimatums too. And, you know, he went to so many different classes and schools that I lost count at one point because, oh, we can't deal with him here, so we're going to push him over there um, and that kind of thing. And what we learned during the pandemic, actually, was that he does really well at home doing schoolwork because he has that one-on-one -on -one attention. And I fought with the school for so many years to say he needs an EA. 
he needs an educational assistant to be with him and then he will do it. And they just wouldn't because he falls into the high functioning category. So they wouldn't do that. Um, I personally hate that term because it's not one thing. You're not high functioning in general, right? Like he's got social skills at one level, uh, learning at another level, physical at another, like it's all different. Um, but yeah, they, they struggled too and gave us ultimatums. So we're very, we're very similar. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And I, yeah, it was not a fun time and I haven't had to deal with it for a while, but yeah, it was, I, I can, I related to what you were talking about, so, you know, so strongly. So <laughs> I appreciate it. It's kind of nice having you on here and being able to talk to you. So I appreciate it. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, yeah. The best advice I can give to parents going through something like that is read up on your education laws because there's a lot of stuff that I learned later that the schools were like, oh, this is totally in their best interest. And I'm like, oh, I didn't have to agree to that. You couldn't have moved him classes unless I agreed to it. But they make it seem like this is for the best and you have to do this. And if, if you don't read the legislation, you've got no idea what actually should be or should not be happening. So yeah, that's my best strong advice. arm you into it. It's like, yeah. You know, and assume that, you, you know, you're not going to do your research, I think, is, is kind of what I, how it felt to me anyway. Yeah, they always wanted a response, like, immediately. So I, I started learning. I needed to say to them, you know what, let me think about that, and I'll get back to you. They hated it so much. It was great. <laughs> well, didn't, did they, didn't they then consider you a, quote, unquote, problem parent? Um, I think some of the principals probably did. Um, there were some that I didn't get along with. Um, I feel like now the, I don't really talk to the principal. So in high school, it's more the VP that I talk to. Um, I feel like I've got a good relationship with him. I think that because Lev has proven himself to be able to do work from home, they're a little bit more like, okay, it's fine. Um, but it did, it did take a long time to get to that point. But if this VP leaves before he's graduated high school, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, I am so sorry because, and you guys tell me, you guys have both been through this, but does that, putting a label on a child, isn't that defeating for the child going forward? Do they, do they understand what they're, what they're being labeled as? Do they get it? Do they care? I think it depends on the child. Um, for some kids, it definitely can be because you're labeling them and say, yep, you're different. You've been you've been stamped different. Um, for my kid, it actually was pretty relieving um, because he knew why people didn't. I don't want to say people didn't like him, but at, at the time, um, why like teachers were giving him such a hard time and stuff. He, he finally understood that. Um, and he understood why he needed extra support and that kind of thing. So for him, um, it was helpful in that way. But I don't think that's the same for every kid. And I also don't think that even with that diagnosis label, um, you should have to walk around with a shirt that says, I, I am neurodiverse. I have autism. Or I'm right. Like it's, it's not something that you need to tell everybody um because then other people might look at you differently so i'm gonna say it depends on the situation for the school system they had to have a label in order to get support from a governmental perspective here um i'm in ontario 
you have to have the label in order to get that support. So it's very frustrating in that way because you kind of do have to yell and scream about it. <laughs> but I think every kid, you know, every parent knows their kid best and needs to decide for themselves. Well, you are such a strong advocate for your children, for your children. Um, I can understand you getting a little irritated when they they want to push pills on you or they because they're discovering now that these pills that they put these kids on are addictive and the the withdrawals are terrible and uh and so hopefully they're getting away from it a little bit has is that been your experience so i'm kind of torn when it comes to pills so i don't think they should be the first resort i don't think they should be the only option however they do have a good place in the overall treatment for somebody. Um, so I'm on antidepressants. I came off of them at one point and again, almost decided to. So I went back on them. Um, my kid, he was on the ADHD stuff, did not work at all. He took a break from things. He decided, I think it was around grade eight, he decided that he needed more help. And he had been to therapy. We had done the natural stuff. Um, we had done a lot of the other kind of supports, but he still needed a little something more. And he made that decision. He came to me and said, I want to go and try a different medication again. So again, every parent knows their child best. Listen to the child, right? Because when my son was saying, no, I don't want to take anymore. I don't want to take anymore. You know, the school didn't really have our backs, but if you don't want to take it, well, then it's not going to work because I'm not going to fight with you to take it. But when he came back to me and said, I want to try it again we had a conversation around, okay, so we know that it takes time to find something that might work. We know we might not find anything that works. While you're doing this, we also need to continue with therapy, right? So I think it's having that multidisciplinary um, plan in place to really do every aspect that you can and not just rely on pills, but also not just say they're bad in general. I got it. That, that that makes perfect sense. By the way, we're talking with Randy Lee Boslaw. If you go to her website, which is rbwriting.ca, because she's like, you know, E up there in the Canada place. <laughs> Do I actually say that though? Like you well, occasionally uh pronounce uh, uh go through the last letter of the alphabet. Let me see. Oh, you said Z. Now, don't they say Z up there? I think because I'm so close to the border, we're very Americanized in my area. Like Buffalo is half an hour from here. So oh, okay. I think if you were to go much more north, um, then you are going to find the Z. And what what is that other word they say? A boot instead of about. A boot. Yes. No, a boot, which took an about. Yeah. You either have to go more north from where I am or east. The eastern provinces, they have that more Canadian accent. Oh, very, very good. And uh, by the way, this is Positive Talk Radio. We need to take a break real quick. And uh, we're going to come back more with um, Randy and Mitch because we're going to talk about something a little bit darker in, in, a, in a little bit because she got a third book that, that, that is out now. And we are going to talk about that uh, because it is epidemic in this country. And if we can shed light on it, by the way, if you want to give us a call, if you have someone on the spectrum and you want to give us a call, 
to talk to um, Randy Lee and maybe get some advice from her. You can do that. Uh, give us a call at 425-373-5527 or 888-298-5569. And we'll let her and you walk through some of that because I've got my granddaughter is on the spectrum as well. And it is at four years old. It's a horrific horrific thing that parents have to go through uh and what the kids have to go through uh up to and including potty training which is a a major issue in their household so um in in any event we'll be right back after these messages again you're listening to positive talk radio on kknw 11 50 a.m hello everybody if i could have your attention please i have an important announcement to make just for you As you may know, PTR is heard and seen on radio, KKNW, and now Kixie, several websites, podcasts, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and most social media. At PTR, we believe in working together to make the world a better place. And because you're listening, we know that you're dedicated to the same. So we'd like to support your efforts by offering an outstanding multimedia package for you at a deeply discounted rate. As our partner, you'll receive commercial creation, both video and audio, at least 10 commercial plays per week, a monthly show to highlight your business and passion, exclusive website positioning with links, video shorts for social media, commercial plays on all shows, podcasts, KKNW, and Kixie. Your commercial is embedded into each episode and as a podcast is sent to over 50 different platforms. All shows are performed live and sent to Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter and stay there forever. Your podcast episodes are provided to you to use as you see fit. This one-time offer is only $250 a week based on a 13-week commitment. And as our partner, we are vested in your success and will do everything in our power to make it happen. However, there are limited spots available, so don't hesitate. Please email me at kevin at kmmedia.pro and let's get the ball rolling. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. Hey there, I would personally like to thank you for making Positive Talk Radio part of your day. Whether you like podcasts or the radio show, we're glad to have you along. I'd love to hear from you with thoughts about the show and ways that we can make it even better. You are the reason we do these shows, because the more people we can touch, the better we can make the planet and our time here just magnificent. Please contact me, Kevin, at kmmedia.pro with any thoughts, comments, or suggestions. And thank you for being in my dream.
Hi, this is Eric Ryder, Operations Manager for 1150 AM KKNW. We value your opinion and invite you to 1150kknw.com to fill out the 2023 KKNW Listener Survey. Your responses help us to shape KKNW to your listening needs. As an added incentive, when you fill out the survey, you'll have a chance to win an awesome prize. Complete contest details and your opportunity to help us shape this station can be found at 1150kknw.com. And welcome back to the show, everybody. How is everybody? By the way, Mitch, uh, what do you think so far? I'm loving it. Uh, it's a great conversation. I'm really enjoying t- I'm chatting with Randy and um, just hearing about all kinds of things. So it's it's been a great day. Been a great day, Kevin. Well, I'm glad I'm glad that you're here. I re- I really am, and and uh, I hope that um, that see I learn so much when I do these shows. It really is. It really is pretty matter of fact i'd never heard of this before and i want to ask randy before we move on to the third book um my uh, granddaughter has got uh, potty issues she's four and they can't seem to potty train her and she's got this thing going on about number two have you ever heard anything about that before um so again i always go back to every kid is different um when we were potty training the hardest part was wiping um and that took a long time to to learn and it's reinforcing the good behavior and kind of ignoring the bad behavior um and so for number two is it that she's like scared to go to the potty for that or she just doesn't know she's about to go she doesn't go she just she doesn't want to okay until it becomes uh you know that's one of those things that sooner or later whether you want to or not you're going to yes so it could be a matter of um making it a good experience a fun experience and this might sound really gross but parents talking about how they've went to normalize the fact that it's okay to go and everybody goes yeah, maybe maybe they could watch the Charmin commercial together about there the you go. Things, about about having a clean butt and stuff like that. I don't know. They got uh, that book out there. Everybody poops. Yeah, I know. I know poops. people have used that book with their kids. <laughs> it was all, that was quite a bit older before I figured out that beautiful women actually did that. But anyway, <laughs> I, 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 we do. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Sorry, I digress. Um, now you've you've also written a third book, and by the way, you've had a lot of things in your young life happen to you with your children, with you know your teenage years, and then also with your brother. Um, so um, it's actually going to be the fourth nonfiction. <laughs> oh, the fourth one. The fourth not fourth fourth nonfiction. I've written a bunch of kids books too. Well, you know, you need to update your website there, toots. I probably do. <laughs> well, let's go Let's go through all of that, because you're also a children's author as well. And how many books have you written there? Um, She's counting it the books. like five. Oh, very good. <laughs> I do those, like, in between the heavy stuff um, to break up the heaviness and actually i just posted one uh to amazon today so in a couple of days it should be approved and, and available 
Oh, very good. You're a busy person. Um, I get bored really easy. <laughs> well, you're using your time for good. That's for sure. <laughs> I use my powers for good, not evil. <laughs> well, tell us about your brother. Uh, so my brother, uh, his name was Brandon. And on May 20th, it will have been two years since he died by drug overdose. Um, and that is the book that you were talking about. So it's called Goodbye Too Soon. And it goes through how I learned of his death. Um, I had to tell my mom that it happened um, and then helped her to plan the funeral. And what I wanted to come from this book, because when he died, I kept saying, well, his death can't just be for nothing, right? He couldn't have lived this, this life of a, a lot of trauma. Um, I wish he would have found therapy um, like I did, but he didn't. So he, he went through, you know, a lot of horrible experiences um, that I will probably never know all about because I was the younger sister. Um, and so I just kept thinking, you know, his death can't mean nothing. He had a good heart. He wanted to help people. He just couldn't get past his own issues first. So I thought, okay, well, what, how can I still have his, you know, message out there. And so that's why I was like, yeah, I'll write a book about it. That's what I'm good at. <laughs> so <laughs> I wrote, I wrote a book and so it does chronicle my experience, but then it goes into in depth about the DSM five, which is the diagnostical criteria for mental health, um, for addiction as a mental illness and, uh, what that kind of means. It goes into risk factors for de developing an addiction um, because there are a lot of different kind of red flags, you could say, that um, could lead a person to have an addiction. Um, and so I go through all of that stuff, talking a lot about grief and coping. Um, and within that grief part, a lot of reminding myself and the readers that if you have a family member with an addiction, and you have to put boundaries in place, that's okay. That's important. Um, and to forgive yourself for having to do that, because once they're gone, it's, it felt like once he was gone, like, crap, why, why did I tell him he couldn't come over? Oh, yeah, because he was addicted to drugs. And, um, but in that moment, it's like, but I just miss him. So talk a lot about that in the book. And all three books and the children's books have been very, very well received. And you, you, and you're a lovely person. You, you, you really are. You come through a lot of that stuff. It, it's just amazing. And so, Mitch, now that I know that you have a teenage son, does it scare the hell out of you that uh, about the, the prevalence of drugs and and um, um, you know uh, what's out there with what's what's the one that uh, is so potent these days? Fentanyl. Fentanyl. That's the one that got Brandon. Does that does that make you nervous at all, um, Mitch? No, it, de it definitely does. I mean, time flies, and as I'm realizing that he's about to be 15 and he's in high school, and hearing stories and reading about certain things, there's definitely a lot of fear. And I think you know, it comes down to my job as a parent to make sure that he's well educated on some of those things and the dangers and you know what you know the things that can take place you know when you step into that realm of activity i guess if you'd like to say but yeah it does it does to me uh, it is scary as a parent because you know other kids and people that decide to 
um, take part in those things. They're, they can be very influential. They could be friends of yours. You don't want to lose friendships, um, you know, and so it's very easy for anybody, you know, um, to, you know, succumb to those kinds of things. So yeah, it's, <laughs> I think about it a lot and it's very scary. It's something that I never really thought, you know, until you get to that point that I never really thought I had to think about and be scared of, you know, when he was five years old, I wasn't thinking about these things. And now that he's almost 15, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's scary. It's different. And now I'm realizing that I have to be more mindful. Um, I have to be aware of a lot more things, not that I wasn't before, but on a more micro, you know, awareness, I guess now, and make sure that I'm looking for things, making sure I'm having those conversations, making sure that he understands the negativity that's associated around it. Um, you know, and, and hope, hope that it doesn't get, you know, into that certain light where I'm having to have the conversations, um, post these kinds of things and hoping that maybe I can kind of prevent, you know, anything from anything happening future wise. So, yeah. You know, if you were, um, if you've been around like like I've been around, um, you would know that uh, in uh, in my day, when the police came to my house when I was 15, it was because I had a bout with MD 2020, which was a new fortified wine on the market at the time. <clears throat> and I got into deep trouble with that. And the police ended, ended up coming over and talking to my dad. Well, that could very well in this day and age could very well have been into drugs and in and had a bad case of fentanyl and i might i might never have made it into my 20s so it's it's a really big deal and the reason two reasons i wanted to bring that up is number one in this country there's something called we have a new uh, uh, emergency hotline it's federally paid for it's called it's 988 if you are having a crisis of any kind uh, be it suicidal be it drug addiction, be it alcohol addiction, whatever it is, uh, call 988 and you can get help to whatever you, your problem is. And I'm also learning that, uh, and Randy, I think that Randy Lee, you'll appreciate this. Um, you know f what uh, Narcan is? Yes. They are now approving Narcan for as over-the-counter in the United States. Oh, that's good. And I'm an advocate. I believe that everybody, because quite frankly, it's not like your brother, uh, rest his soul, and his name was Brandon. Yeah. It's not like Brandon walked around with a I like drugs on tattooed on his forehead. No. And actually to look at him, he's not what you would think of as um, your typical druggie. He didn't look like it at all. Um because sometimes, you know, depending on what type of drug people are doing, they start getting very gaunt and, and kind of drawn out and really skinny. That that wasn't him. He didn't appear that way. And a lot of people don't. You don't realize it. And so I would recommend, you know, like the EpiPen. Everybody has an EpiPen in their house in case a kid comes to their house and they don't know he's allergic to peanut butter and they feed him peanut butter by accident or he gets a bee sting or something. You have that at the house available. Now, I would recommend that everybody had have Narcan available in their house because you don't know who it could affect at any given time. And the effects happen so quickly that you could actually be saving a life. Do you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think that there is 
it's a great resource. Um, I don't know what like the shelf life is for it or how much it would cost to then keep on hand. Um, Cause I know EpiPens you have to replace and I've heard that they're can be quite expensive. Um, but I know here um, naloxone, you just go to, which is pretty much the same. Um, you just go to the pharmacy and you ask them and they'll even show you how to use it. And then you get like this little case with it in there. Um, and you can you can take it and use it. And uh, for my brother, I know when I was talking to the person that uh, called in his death, she kept apologizing. She said, I tried to help him. I tried to give him the naloxone. It didn't work. It was too late by then. So um, had it been closer at hand, maybe it would have made a difference. Yeah. Well, you know, you never know. And and but. I just applaud you for getting for talking about it openly, because it, it needs to it needs to be done. Mitch, what do you think? Question, sir. Yeah, no, um, no, definitely, and I, you know, I agree. I think too, like with Kevin and stuff, like you know, on the side of that, or I mean, sorry, Randy, is that? Yeah, you, there's there is a lot of people out there that you don't. It's you can't necessarily just look at somebody and go, oh, they use drugs. Um, there is a lot of you know there's a lot of things and factors involved or just things that you look at, but yeah, I've had, you know, I've had friends in the past or I've noticed somebody and I found out later that they had some sort of addiction and I would have never known versus that there can be some situations where it's more apparent, um, you know, of, of their situation and you know, what, you know, what's going on kind of thing. Um, I think it's always good to be prepared. Um, I know that, you know, the only issue I, I could, I could see with it's, I think it's good to have available something like, um, narc narcane or, um, you know, the one you had mentioned that that's available already up in, up in Canada is that, you know, you deal with a lot of situations and I've had family that's firefighters and that, you know, where they go and they're utilizing these resources to help somebody come out of it. And it's a weekly thing you know, they're getting called out to somebody's house and it's being used over and over again. So I, I still do think, I mean, I think it's great obviously because of, you know, what it does in keeping somebody alive, but, um, obviously, you know, and you can only do so much, but getting somebody help and, you know, education and getting some sort of resource or support, I think is going to be the most important way to, um, you know, help everybody grow and come out of this and help each other. Um, is, is obviously having support from friends, family, and just, just anybody in general, because obviously the goal, it's great that it does what it does, but it shouldn't be something that you're just continuously relying on. It's like, oh, it's no big deal. We have this in case, you know, I go too far or something like that. So I think that'd be the only thing that I would, that I would say if I had to throw my two cents there, but yeah. Actually, the, those two cents are very interesting because so um, one of the chapters in the book talk about when we go to his place and go to clean up as best we can and you know find something that we can keep that was kind of him um which we really didn't most of it all went in the trash and there was a bunch of used needles um quite a few of them being naloxone and so like you were saying it's almost like he was he knew okay I might die so I gotta have this on hand when I'm when I'm doing it so it pros and cons to everything it definitely is going to help people but where is the line going to be drawn? I don't know. I don't have that answer. Um, but I know from seeing Brandon's um, room, he definitely was abusing the fact that it was available. So 
I'd like to get back to what we talked about to begin with, which was the your your neurodiversity neurodiversity son, and uh, there are lots and lots of people that are that either are on the spectrum or suspect they're on the spectrum. Can you give us some tips and some ideas of how you would recommend people negotiate the waters of this? Because since you've been through the wars. Well, go read my book. No, um, <laughs> no, read the book. That's that's a given. Then we give a lot. Um, so a few of the biggest tips are you're going to talk to a lot of doctors, a lot of specialists, and they're going to ask the exact same thing. Write it all down. Don't try to remember it. Um, when you're in a super emotional state, you're not going to. I remember sometimes the doctor be like, well, when did he start holding a spoon? I'm like, I don't know. So write down as much as you possibly can to try and remember those things. And that way, when you go, you're giving consistent answers to everybody. Um, taking notes. I, I have tons of notebooks all filled out from every time the school called me, what they said, what I said, what the result was. Um, if they're saying you need to come and pick him up because um, he's being disruptive in school, make them suspend him. Um at first I wasn't doing that and people were telling me to do that. I'm like, but that, but then, then the permanent record, that doesn't really exist. At least no, it's not in Canada. Um, and there needs to be a paper trail. That's the biggest thing I learned. If there is no paper trail, then you can't get them into other supports. So by saying to the school, no, I'm not coming to pick him up unless you suspend him. Then there's that paper trail, uh, which for us really helped come grade. Uh, it was about grade seven. He was finally able to get into this treatment place, which is a few hours away. Um, he'd come home on the weekends. And without that paper trail, he would have never got there. When he was there, they finally got him the, the assessments that I'd been fighting the school for, the psychoeducational for learning disabilities, fine motor skills, like OT, speech pathology, all of that stuff that they weren't doing at school, they finally did when he was up there. And it made a huge difference. But again, it was that paper trail. So document everything. Make sure you get a copy of everything. Um, those are kind of the general tips for parents. I mean, I'd have to have more specific questions to probably give more specific answers. But there you go. <laughs> I, that's, I think that's good. <laughs> good feedback for sure. That is that is awesome. And it's it really is helpful. By the way, again, we're talking with uh, Randy Lee Bosla and go to her website, which is rbwriting.ca. Rbwriting.ca. Get the go there and you can pick up all of her books, buy them from her. She makes a little bit more money that way. That would that would that would be great. And uh, do you have and you've got another book on the way, is that right? Yes, called Goodbye Too Soon. Um, releases May 20th, but it is on pre-order right now. Um, and that's the one that talks about Brandon. Although I did just put one up on Amazon for a kid's book. Um, it's called Bun Bun and I. <laughs> and so um, it's about this little bunny, obviously Bun Bun. I named him Bun Bun because my stuffed rabbit, that was his name. So, and it's it's an interactive book. So the one page, Bun Bun says something, and the other page, the kid draws their side of it, and so it kind of goes back and forth like that. Oh, sounds fun. Yeah, I really enjoy the interactive books. Like my other, I've got some sound books for early readers, where instead of me giving them the picture, they have to draw the picture. Um, I would I would have wanted that when I was little. 
Very good. It's it's awfully nice to to uh, have you here, and you've been on the show before. Again, if you want to go to episodes, hold on just a second. I have it written down here. Um, episode four twenty, episode three twenty one, episode three twenty. Uh, excuse me, three seventy one and three twenty nine. Those are the other episodes that she's been on. She, you're you're a delightful individual. That's why I love having you back so much. You're one of my favorite shows. I love coming back on here. Oh, that makes me feel all warm and fuzzy now. You should. <laughs> you, you do a lot of podcasts, don't you? I do a ton. So I have my own couple, and then uh, I go on as many as I possibly can. And how do we rate, if you don't mind my asking? Um, I'm going to say you rate up in the top three. <gasps> Yours being one, of course. Of course. <laughs> And the name of your podcast, if somebody wants to go look at that, what do they do? Uh, so it's called The Write or Die Show. Write like you're writing something. Um, write or Die Show. You can find it on, it's also on YouTube, but also on any kind of podcast platform, Spotify, Google, whatever. Um, and I interview other authors. We talk about mental health. Um, I also have another one that I just launched a few months ago called Reader's Intrigue, where authors read the first chapter of their book. And that way you can find out if you like it before you go and buy it. <laughs> Very good. Well, you know, you don't have a lot of time. When, when You're a busy person I, with all that you're doing. So um, thank you. But thank you for putting this out into the world. It really is needed. Well, it's very positive for Positive Talk Radio. Hey, see, 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 Mitch. See, see, you found a show that you can be part of, Mitch, that hopefully doesn't suck. It doesn't. I, it. I can attest to that, having been on here multiple times. Well, we we love you. You're you're just in, you're just incredible. And again, I'm so sorry for your your loss. Um, thank you. Um, but thank you for taking the time to make something good happen because of it. And your brother is smiling at you from where he is now. Yeah. Probably after like kicking me in the pants first, because I feel like he would have done that. <laughs> he, he would have only because you've got this great butt that you've got because of your, your kickboxing. <laughs> no, remember that comes from running. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. You got to do that. So Mitch, thank you. How, how, how have we done? Have you enjoyed yourself today? Yeah, I've loved it. I think it's been great conversations. Um, Randy is just a ball of all kinds of greatness <laughs> from reading just about her and all the things that she's done. I love it. Randy, I'm going to have to pick your brain about the uh, the kids book thing. It's been something that I've been looking to do. I have a storyline and stuff and I haven't started. So I might need to reach out to you and uh, maybe get some insight on the best ways to to do what, who, who, what, here and how. <laughs> and uh <laughs> Yeah, no, I really love it. I, I think that it, among everything and all this awesome information, things that you've done, I think the kickboxing thing just seems so different than the other things, but also so awesome at the same time. So I think it's just, it's great. I've had a really a great time uh, talking to you and getting to know you more and seeing everything that you're about. Thank you. Being a national champion and all, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's something I have like the I have my big belt from uh, when I did that in 2015. And it's hanging up, and then I have like a whole wall of of medals. Is it like those big WWF WWE yeah. belts, big metal guy? Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever wear it just for fun? Just kind of just when put I it first on got it, I totally did. Um, 
I brought it to work. I was working in an office and I brought it to work and wore it around for a little while. Yeah, definitely did. <laughs> well, you know what, guys? Sadly, we've run out of time. But, but Mitch, I want you to do something for me. I want you sure. to use, use my tagline to take us out of the show, which is be kind to one another because each other's all we've got. Your turn. All right. All right, everybody. You're watching KKNW 1150 on Positive Talk Radio. And be kind to one another because one another is all we've got. I wish I'd have said that. That was pretty good.